Welcome back to another episode of Flower After Hours Presents Cinema. Tonight's movie is the 1991 action crime thriller Point Break. We are joined tonight by Jeanette in Southern California. We got Lou Rafter in sales, and we are blessed to have the one, the only mayor of Cartersville, Georgia, Matt Santini. What's going on, y'all? Well, I'll tell you. Yeah, I mean, to get the first quote of the movie out of the way, I guess we had an asshole shortage, so I decided to join you. Man, I, I am so excited to do this. I, I have been looking forward to this. As soon as I saw that it was Cinemet eligible, I I said, we, we have to do this. Uh, and just to kind of recap, uh, this is a podcast series where we watch movies that are rated 69% on Rotten Tomatoes or 6.9 stars on IMDb, and we establish if it's worth it. Uh, this one is rated 7.3 stars on IMDb. It is rated 69% on Rotten Tomatoes by the critics and 79% by the audience score with over 100,000 ratings. This movie came out in 1991 and it was directed by Catherine Bigelow. You know her as the director of the Oscar winner uh, in 2008, The Hurt Locker. Uh, She's also directed Zero Dark Thirty and Near Dark in 1987 and Strange Days in 1995. This movie is starring Patrick Swayze. You know him from Dirty Dancing, Roadhouse, Ghost. Uh, his his credit list is longer than my... Um, well, it's it's long. It's long. We also have Keanu Reeves. You know him from The Matrix, Speed, uh, the whole Matrix franchise, John Wick franchise. We also have Gary Busey. You know him from The Buddy Holly Story in 1978. We have Lethal Weapon in 87, Under Siege in 1992, and one of my favorite movies growing up, Rookie of the Year. We also have Lori Petty. You know her from Tank Girl in 95, League of Their Own as Kit Keller in 1992, and Free Willy in 1993. It also has John C. McGinley. Obviously, his most famous role is Dr. Perry Cox on Scrubs. Uh, You know him from Seven, from Platoon, from Office Space. And yeah. That uh, that kind of rounds out the the main main part of the cast here. This movie had a budget of twenty four million dollars, and it has grossed over eighty three million dollars worldwide since it came out. Some taglines here from the movie: Point Break, one hundred percent pure adrenaline. And then another one here is twenty seven banks in three years. Anything to catch the perfect wave. <laughs> I think I pretty much summed it up. I totally forgot about the beginning of this movie, how it started. Cause it's one of those movies where it's like, I always catch it in the middle and I don't start it from the beginning. And so I was like, Oh, and I was wondering, cause the way that they're doing like FBI, like training of like cardboard. I was like, is that, <laughs> is that how, is that how you became an FBI agent? Like you, congratulations. You shot perfect score. You shot the most cardboard cutouts of, villains you can be an fbi agent now in the driving rain it's it's almost like uh it's like oh i thought this was the the end of hard rain with christian slater and morgan freeman but instead (laughs) no it's the beginning of point break yeah also did you guys notice at the end like the guy is clearly like right trying to write on wet paper with either a pencil or pen there's like no way that he can write in the pouring down rain on a notebook 
Yeah, uh, Catherine definitely overlooked that part of the uh, <laughs> of the logistics of riding in the rain. So we open up here with a slow mo surfing montage, and we're also intercutting a uh, montage of Keanu Reeves in the driving rain doing a slow mo weapons training montage. So we have dueling montages here. Uh, this note is wet. Keanu is my favorite Keanu. Just absolute dish. He looks like he's about 12 years old. I think he says in the movie that he's 25. I don't know how old he was in real life. Should have done a little research on that. Uh, He was actually 26 when this movie was, uh, was being filmed. So he scores a hundred percent on his training and he gives this thumbs up. That is just, that's my perfect. That's my favorite thumbs up gift of all time. (laughs) So now Johnny Utah is in the FBI building looking like he's straight out of wall street uh, running into special agent Dr. Cox is what I'm going to call him. Uh, and this this one shot here, this, this tracking shot from when he enters the building until the end of this scene is just, it's amazing. No cuts, just that camera whipping around and the the witty repartee. I, I don't want to call it banter. You know, I, I think we've stolen enough from Cinephobe. Uh, I'm just going to call this witty repartee is just, it is amazing and on point here. Uh, I was just waiting for Doctor, uh, or Special Agent Doctor Cox, to give uh, give Utah a girl's name, but he didn't. Alice. I was I was, was kind of disappointed. That, that would have actually that would have fit very well with with the former character. I, you know, and he is one of my favorite actors. John C. McGinley is I, I absolutely love him, but he always plays the biggest jerks. I, I'm going to just dig through his IMDb to see if I ever played like the nice guy or the guy that's not corrupt because you listed a few of them early. He had a run on Chicago PD, which I don't know if you watched that show, uh, but that is uh, his, his stint on that was as a police commissioner and he ended up uh, being corrupt and running for office and then ended up dead. Spoiler alert, but yeah, he, he never plays the nice warm hearted guy. Typecast or yeah, he's he, found he, his he, lane. He's yeah. definitely typecast there. Uh, let's see. We're going through. Oh, he played uh, Red Barber in 42. That's that, That's got to be the winner right there. Actually, he, yeah, he did because, as uh, a matter of fact, I put a shot in our in our group text, a little group chat earlier with uh, him there because I was watching 42. Just happened to stumble across it a little bit earlier uh, today. Yeah, Red Barber was the play-by-play bro- broadcaster for the Brooklyn Dodgers right before Vin Scully took over. Yeah, that was his Hot mentor. shot. It bow. <laughs> I'll never forget him. Lloyd Merriman. <laughs> well, and I don't know how big a fan you guys are of Keanu Reeves. Uh, I've, I'm a late adapter to me. He's a little bit like Sean Penn will always be Spicoli to me. Some of that's by, you know, by age, but you know, Keanu Reeves, I enjoy the John Wick films. I enjoyed the matrix films. He will always be from Bill and Ted's excellent adventure to me. <laughs> <laughs> One thing he's, at least at this stage in his career, he was not, uh, it, he was not good at acting and not, I, not at all. No, at 11 all. minutes in, as a matter of fact, you, you have a matched with Gary Busey, who is two years beyond his motorcycle accident without, you know, so he's already got some of the early stages of, uh, whatever happened to him, but Brain 11 minutes damage. in the, the, the argument scene between the two of them, when they're at the, <laughs> the burn car, <laughs> It is, I mean, it just highlighted how bad the acting was between the two. And there was, there was no, there was, 
there was just nothing. It was, it was forced lines. You could almost see them reading over each other's shoulders at a, at a cue card. It, it was that yeah. bad. And the lines were so flat. It was terrible. It, it was, it, it was tough. It's it, to me, it felt like he was, he was like a, giving like a high school pep speech to like his offensive line, like going into state. It was like, come on, we're, uh, we're professionals here. We're trying to <laughs> like, like that's it. Hurrah. Yeah, let's go. We're going to go. We're going to go solve this big crime. Rah, rah, rah. <laughs> <laughs> and given that he was, Johnny Utah was a former, you know, athlete and whatnot, he's probably used to that. So maybe he was like, he wouldn't respond to that type of aggression because that's what he's known all of his life. So it's, um, I can see beyond the intensity and just taking the message. And it's, we got to catch the bad guys. The aforementioned uh, Gary Busey is uh, playing here. Uh, Pappas, Special Agent Pappas. Uh, we're here at the uh, FBI training pool. They're blindfolded, picking up bricks from the bottom of the pool. This this does nothing. This literally does not happen. It seems like to be an FBI game. agent. It was it was pretty easy to join the FBI back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> Just be able to shoot cardboard cutouts and, and be able to swim blindfolded and pick up bricks. Hold right. your breath underwater. Well, not only that is he works in the bank robbery division. And one thing we know about bank robbers is they typically hide things at the bottom of pools at, at night. So, you know, you would want to be able to swim to the bottom of a pool blindfolded to be able to retrieve whatever they, they've sent out there. This movie really blew, like not having a scene where he actually had to dive into the water to like save someone. <laughs> right. They should have brought it back. Like, like, uh, he like had to dive in somewhere to save Johnny from something. <laughs> he, uh, Busey here says, I've been in the field for 22 years, fired my service weapon 19 times. And now they're sticking me with some blue flame Quantico quarterback punk, Johnny Unitas. And of course, comedically Johnny Utah here standing right in front of them as uh, Busey Pappas is, is blindfolded and that's, it, it's classic, right? Yeah. Yes. So now we cut to a gang of robbers. It looks like here they're uh, in a car. They're getting ready to rob a bank. They're they're putting on bulletproof vests. They're putting on these uh, president's masks. Uh, we have uh, Ronald Reagan, Richard Nixon, uh, Jimmy Carter, and LBJ all sitting here in the car, and they are on top of this bank. They are robbing the shit out of this place. Uh, they're not full with the die packs. They're throwing those all over the place. They are 90 seconds in and out of this place without even firing a shot. Uh, and one interesting point here, uh, when, when he asked for a time and he says 60 seconds, that's, there was actually 60 seconds of runtime of elapsed time from when they got in the bank until he asked for that 60 seconds. So I thought that was actually kind of cool. That you you nailed it because I timed it too. I went back and listened. I, I recorded and listened to it again, and or watched it and timed it, and right on the nose. Yeah, it it didn't play out for the rest of the thirty seconds, but that first sixty was was right on point. Uh, they exit here. We get a full mood tonight, and uh, a nice little thank you from cheek to cheek, and just full on butthole. Yeah, we just see hole like we saw all there. Wait, what's the rating on this movie? Uh, we, we have we have an R. We we have an R for really close up on a butthole. Yeah, the the plot had some cracks in it. 
There's there, there's some holes in the story. Where's Schweitz when you need him? Anyway, uh, so now they're going over the security cam footage, and it turns out that these ex-presidents have robbed 27 banks here in the last three years. Not one shot has been fired, and they have absolutely zero leads on these guys. The hotshot rivals come in and tell Pappas in Utah to stop jerking off to MTV and hand over these tapes. And did anyone ever jerk off to MTV? Like, I didn't know that was a thing. Um... I'm trying to recall like raunchy music videos from like the early nineties. Okay, so, so maybe like Mad- Madonna. What, what was it? White Snake with the what's her name? Tony Katan on the car. Is that her name? Ah, uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Maybe. Let me go on record on the front end that the answer to your question is no. But let me give you some options here. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, speculating hurt so good by John Cougar or John Mellencamp or John Cougar Mellencamp. One of those iterations. Um. Any of the uh, the girls, girls, girls by Motley Crue. Mm, okay, Ooh, good one. Hot for yeah. Teacher, probably in that same vein. Uh, Hot for Teacher was uh, would would you might want to put that in that category? Sure, sure. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll put that on the poll. Did you ever jerk off to MTV? <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny funny side note about uh, um, John oh Cougar Mellencamp uh, that hurt so good. My daughter, my first daughter, was actually born during that song. Yeah. Right on the nose. Right on the nose. 6.37 p.m. Central Standard Time. Let, let me give you one more option. This is this is going to be a deep cut, but there was a TV show called Remote Control on MTV. Does anybody remember that? No. Of course you don't. It was one of their first deviations from doing music videos. But there was a TV show. I was, a, a game, it was a game show. It was hosted by a guy named Ken Ober. This would be a good deep dive for you. But on that show were a number of people that went on to have very popular or very very good careers. Uh, Colin Quinn was on that show. I believe he was a writer. Uh, Adam Sandler uh, played a character on that, but Jenny McCarthy was on that show as well. And if you're of a certain age, Jenny McCarthy was certainly um, one of the it girls for a number of years. And so, um, yeah, Dennis uh, Leary was also on that show. Love a good Dennis Leary. A little, little bit of a who's who. Yeah. If you do a little dive on that, you'll, you'll find some pretty, uh, important people that uh, went on to have good careers on remote control. All right. So the hotshot rivals here are, are basically roasting Pappas and saying, well, Hey, tell him your theory about these ex presidents and who these guys are. And special agent, Dr. Cox comes in and says, Hey, we found the burn car. Johnny Utah says we're on it. We're going to go jump on it. And Pappas is not happy at all. Uh, they're out here doing basically, grunt field work when he wants to be actually trying to catch these criminals, Johnny Utah and uh, Pappas sit here and have an argument outside the burn car. And they're reading off the cue cards, just completely acting their asses on fully on here, getting really pissed off at each other, new partner stuff, right? You're, you're still trying to figure your, your, uh, your partner out here. It's not working. Um, they go back and start to analyze some of the security footage. He says, you know what? Go ahead and tell me about your theory about who these guys are. He says, you know what? These guys are surfers. And you can tell. You see this? This is a tan line right here, right here on top of the thank you. And uh, we, we had one of the guys. We had Nixon. Or was it Carter? I think it was Carter. Uh, Carter jumped up on the uh, counter and scuffed the counter and, and left uh, some 
uh, dirt sample, Free. and it was also mixed with uh, with some wax. Now they go through and have all this wax analyzed, and it turns out that it is Mister Zog's sex wax, which is uh, what surfers use for traction on their boards. And they're sitting here; they're getting excited. They're going to go catch these guys. They're going to basically try to go undercover into this surfing world. And I got to say, when Pappas jumps up on top of the desk and lands that surfing pose, that was incredible. That, that's a hell of a box jump right there. Yeah. I, 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 I said the same thing. I was like, I can't believe he did that so quickly. Like that, that was some agility right there. Go, go back and look at the camera cut. Okay. Because that was the first thing I thought I I'm going to make a statement here. I think there was a box that he stepped on before he jumped up because, you know, a standard desk is, you know, 36 inches high and 36 to 42 inches. There, there ain't no way Gary Busey made that jump without having a little trampoline under him or something. One other thing on that, Mr. Zog's sex wax was such an edgy product at the time. It was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it was named that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Not that big a deal now. That's the repression of the 90s, man. Or what 70s are you doing some kiki shit? But <laughs> Not there's yet. A, there's like, this is the second... Um, instance of like sneaky athleticism by Gary Busey because when he did the cannon ball dive into the pool yes I'm like he had to have had lived that they were just like hey we just want you to do a very clean dive and he's like hell no so he just like stumbled over and that shit was great you you considered that athletic yeah, uh, the, the, the way he did it for a, he did like a, a guy back, who's was two that? years off of a, a, a motorcycle wreck. Yeah, or an that, FBI that's guy. Yeah, that's athletic. I mean, he jumped backwards. It's not like he did a back flip. He just kind of jumped halfway. But I mean, I like to consider my not nearly as athletic as I used to be, but I think even I could do that. Jump backwards and land neck first into a pool. It's almost like a nesty plunge is what he did there. But <laughs> the, the other one, I'll give you much more athletic. So I'm actually going back and watching the clip right now. He goes straight from sitting down in the chair and jumps up on the desk. There, it doesn't look like there's a box that he's standing on. It, there's no trampoline. This that that was pure beauty. That chair was spring loaded. <laughs> Old fashioned 1990s. Um, what is it? Uh, FX. No CGI. No stunt doubles. No wires. That was right. just. I stand corrected. So now we cut to Johnny Utah uh, getting all his surfing gear. He goes out and buys this ridiculously huge surfing board, uh, talking to this kid, saying, you know, hey, you know, even, you know, old guys can can learn how to surf. And he says, uh, how old are you? He says, I'm 25. And it turns out that the actor that uh, was selling him that surfboard passed away before he got to 25. How about that? R.I.P. I was going to say it almost I wrote my note on this was uh, it was almost like a cameo from Jessica Smetana because uh, here's this young kid giving this life advice to somebody older like they had everything <laughs> figured out more than people might have lived a little bit longer. Now they're walking down the pier and he says, so what, I'll, what, why can't I just hold this surfboard under my arm and just act stoned, man? He says, no, that, that's not how you get, how you do it. You know, these guys are a tribe. You got to kind of fit in. You got to learn the language. You got to learn all the lingo. You got to actually go in and infiltrate this thing. And now we cut to another slow-mo surfing montage here. And Johnny Utah is not doing well here with the surfing. He uh, He's wiping out all over the place. And Catherine Bigelow really, really loves these slow-mo underwater 
underwater shots because she uses that throughout this entire movie. Is that, have you any of you guys tried surfing? No, no. I lived in the desert for thirty five years, <laughs> so I did it. I I did one of those the like touristy ones when I went to Hawaii. And so, I mean, the board you were using was like so floatable. And if you had any, any sort of semblance of balance, you could do it. We weren't doing like, we weren't doing on the waves like they were doing in there, but we, it was enough to where it, you know, counted. (laughs) Yeah. So he's wiping out and he ends up crashing and he starts to drown and an angel out of nowhere picks his lifeless body up out of the water, puts him up, puts him on the board, drags him to safety and it is uh, Lori Petty here, uh, the trainer from Free Willy, drags him to shore and says, "What the hell are you doing out here, man? You you don't need to be out here. If you're gonna if you're gonna commit suicide, go do it somewhere else. You don't belong here." And Utah is pissed. He almost died, and now he just got yelled at by a chick. And we cut to another slow mo surfing montage. She was bad at rescuing him because. She pulled his head out and then dunked him again. So I don't know if that was to like emphasize that he really didn't belong, but she, she, or whoever, if that the stunt person, they must have let him go. And it was just like up, back down. Tough love. So now we're sitting here in the car, and uh, Johnny Utah has uh, some binoculars and he's spying on the the chick that just saved him. Uh, little, little peeping John here. Uh, she's getting changed out of her wetsuit into some street clothes and drives off. And he catches a glimpse of the license plate of the car, takes it back to the FBI. They run it and get her name. We have a name. We have Tyler Endicott. Start going over a rap sheet, uh, excessive speed. Uh, we have uh, basically getting naked in a car. And the, the woman that's reading the rap sheet Hot. Hell yeah. Ah, mail writers, am I right? (laughs) Yep. Speaking of writing, uh, James Cameron from Titanic fame and Avatar fame was uncredited with some of the rewrites for this movie. That was uh, Catherine Bigelow's ex-husband, right? Correct. Yep. So we find out that Tyler Endicott uh, is an orphan. She lost both of her parents recently in a plane accident in 1984 in San Diego. And he says, that's my inn. That's how I'm going to get to this girl undercover. And so he tracks her to this kind of roadside uh, bar, bar and grill, says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the, the shrimp and fish or the, the shrimp and fries. And she asks, what are you doing? What, what do you, why, why are you following me? And he starts to have this connection with her. He basically comes up with this backstory of how he played football, but it was never for him. He did everything for his parents. And then they tragically passed away in a car accident a couple years ago. And that's that connection that he needed to get with her. And then she agrees to train him to surf. And we get another surfing training montage. This one though, reminded me of the, uh, the scene from forgetting Sarah Marshall, Paul Rudd and, uh, uh, Jason Siegel, he's teaching him how to how to get up on the surfboard. Okay, when we're out there, I want you to ignore your instincts. I'm going to be your instincts. Kunu will be your instincts. Don't do anything. Don't try to surf. Don't do it. The less you do, the more you do. Let's see it pop up. Pop it up. That's not it at all. Do less. Get down. Try less. Do it again. Pop up. Nope, too slow, do less. Hop up. 
Pop up. Too, you're doing too much. Do less. Pop down. Pop up now. Stop. Get down. Get down there. Remember, don't do anything. Nothing. Pop up. Well, you no, you got to do more than that because you're just laying. You, right out, looks like you're boogie boarding. Just do it. Feel it. Pop up. Yeah, that wasn't quite it, but we're gonna figure it out out there. Let's go surfing. Come on, everybody's learning how. Come on, uh, the weather outside is weather. That's that's all <laughs> I can think of during this scene. Well, it made me think. You know, good thing the internet, I guess, wasn't prominent uh, because, you know, you can tell this whole story. You know, now you can't really lie about yourself as well because all you gotta do is fact check. Yeah. And, you know, he had the the FBI to be able to dive into her entire life. She didn't have that to go back the other way. Jeanette, what? No, I disagree because you can easily set up a fake uh, account if need be to cover your tracks. So it, that, that, uh, this is how people get caught up in these, especially like it with dating apps. This is how people get scammed out of money because they the same thing. They form this. They know what you're looking for in a connection. They set up their profile to get you and then next thing you know you're sending them fifteen thousand dollars and you've lost the house and the farm and your family hates you not my story but i've heard but let's take a step back no longer have farms let's take a step backwards though here's a guy that works for the fbi he's going undercover to try to catch some notorious bank robbers i'm gonna use my real name (laughs) (laughs) johnny utah does not sound like a real name Right. Not you you know it it's so ridiculously made up that it's kind of I know but later on but I mean Bodie recognizes him he's like this is Johnny Utah. Yeah, so like I, people knew like right he now. knew he yeah he we, like people know who he is. You know it could have been like I mean like it could have been pretty easy if someone being like yeah he went to Quantico. <laughs> right <laughs> like just talking to, like this you you probably could have ran into someone like whatever happened to that guy like you know you're talking to someone at the bar oh yeah i think he went to quantico he's in the fbi now but you would okay so obviously this might be like to show how renegade and like not by the book these two particular guys are where there has to be a procedure in the fbi that says when you go undercover number one fake name, identity, blah, 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 name generator. So they just disregarded that. And it's like, I am, you know, Jonathan Utah, the third of Ohio. Nice to meet you, Tyler. Could have gone with Steve, Nebraska. (laughs) And my mother's maiden name is, and the last four of my social. (laughs) (laughs) So during this whole serving montage, Johnny Utah sees these really hot shots, uh, surfers, uh, he comes out of the surf and one of the, the, the main surfers, uh, picks up Tyler and gives her a big old smooch. And, uh, it seems that they've had a connection in the past. And now we get to a football montage here on the beach. This is actually the same beach from the soccer scene in Karate Kid in 1984. How about that? How about that? Yeah, uh, this is where uh, Johnny Utah really solidifies himself as part of the gang because he's got this laser rocket arm, le- lefty, lefty show here, just hitting dimes all over the place. Um, they're going back and forth, heading down the beach, it's touchdown after touchdown here. There's, there's no defense. It's basically the Pro Bowl on the beach. And uh, Bodhi Sattva, Bodhi here, he catches a pass, 
goes down the beach and Johnny Utah is just bowling over blockers and 15 yard penalty here, late hit out of bounds. And the rest of the crew comes up and it's like, man, what, what the hell? You, that's not cool. You shouldn't have done that. He's like, no, man, it's cool. This, this is Johnny Utah. Don't you recognize him? <laughs> he went full wedding crashers, Bradley Cooper. Yes. And, uh, at, at the tail end of that, I will give one uh, piece from this as they de- developed this friendship. I had a very good friend in uh, middle and high school and still friends. This day. Her name is Dawn Guthrie. She ex- in middle school. She said, girls become friends and then they do things together. Guys do things together and become friends through that. And it's always really rang true. And you think about how men develop bonds and relationships. It's usually not, you know, over coffee and you talk about things as, hey, oh, I didn't know you golfed. You know, usually meet up with somebody golfing and then all of a sudden are doing some common interest and the friendship develops out of that. So that little expression kind of played so true here. It's what's the way to become friends with somebody where you uh, through an athletic competition or just kind of showing that you got a little bit of game. I, I, I meant to go back and check this and I wanted to count it, but I'm pretty sure that he ran through six people to get to Bodie. And I'm pretty sure there was only like four people on each team. Like I swear he hit the three people. Like you watch it go as he hits like two or three people cuts away and it goes back again and he runs through like another three people to get the Bodie. So many people. It, it was almost like Forrest Whitaker and fast times at Ridgemont time, fast times at Ridgemont high as well. But yeah, he, he probably ran over a few of his own teammates. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So now we're back in the FBI office and Wait, no, no, we got to get to like the most, I think the most, for me, the most iconic line in the whole movie is like lawyers don't surf. This one does. <laughs> to me, that's like that, 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 that movie is like my, like that. I, whenever I think of point break that, like I'm instantly saying that someone says point break to me that I am saying that line in my head or I'm saying it out loud. Like it's that, that's to me that this whole movie is summed up with that line. Lawyers don't surf. This one does. We need um, to find out if Jeff surfs. He, he, he skateboards close enough, mm. close enough for me. Because yeah. this movie was originally supposed to be uh, skateboarders and not surfers. <laughs> Whoa, bro. So, yeah. I'm pretty sure that line triggered just so many L.A. douchebag lawyers, Santa Monica lawyers, San Diego lawyers, San Francisco lawyers to start surfing because this one does. T- oh, just imagining it makes my skin crawl. Ugh. <laughs> Well, and one of the next notes I've got on this, it kind of plays into that. It's, is Johnny Utah that good of an athlete or is surfing really that easy? Because here's a guy that's been doing something for a month and a half, and he's able to do it as well as Bodie, who's been doing it his entire life. Not as good, but comparable enough. So it's like, well, you're really either discrediting how easy it is or how difficult it is to surf. Or making Johnny Utah to be, you know, just the the greatest athlete that's ever lived. I think he's, he's the, the greatest, greatest athlete. athlete. Yep. yep, I yep, he's the greatest athlete with For one sure. with one good knee as well. And yeah, he, thing, he is yeah. doing on a, on a surgically repaired knee. Well, it so depends now, which part of the scene it's in, but we'll get to that later too. <laughs> <laughs> so now he's uh, back in the FBI office, and uh, special agent Doctor Cox is just taking him to task. And he's here in a cutoff shirt. He's got his fucking surfboard in here as he's getting just reamed up and down. You know, <laughs> Perry Cox. Yeah, Perry Cox is just going in, going in on on Johnny Utah. 
and he's like, man, this isn't going to fit my car. <laughs> well, I can't lock the door. <laughs> so I can't lock the door. And then he asks, well, t- t- tell me something that you've done. Caught my first tube today, sir. <laughs> <laughs> well, and here was the other, th- here's the other thought that I had with that. I would think that if you work for the FBI, they probably have a gated parking lot. Is you he really so. concerned about his car getting broken into with a bunch of FBI agents around him in a gated parking lot? It is Didn't Los Angeles in the early nineties. So who knows of a, a movie filled with many pointless things that to me kind of stood out to go, as amongst the pointless is like, why are you to have him walk around with that? You could have had the same exact scene without him walking around with that, that sort that surfboard. <laughs> or once again, mayor, the FBI has this trillion dollar budget go to budget rent a car and get him, you know, a convertible or whatever, something where the damn thing will fit. And he blends in more in his undercover assignment. Comedically, yeah. it would have even worked better if he'd have had, you know, the suntan lotion across his nose. <laughs> it wouldn't have been as cumbersome, zinc, yeah, for but sure. it would have, but you know, you, it just could have been, you'd have had the same, Hey dude vibe to it. And you know, again, no it, would be the, though. it would be the blending of something serious and something so ridiculous at the same time. Now we're jumping into the back offices here at the FBI, and they're running some spectral analysis on analyses on some hair uh, that they found at the last crime scene. Some hair follicles here that were found with arsenic and titanium. And he said that all of these surfers they are very territorial; they, they stick to one beach. So if you find, you know, where this these hair, uh, you know, follicles got these uh, contaminants from, we're going to find the beach. We're going to find our guys. So. Uh, Pappas and Utah start heading out to some beaches and they start getting some hair samples. <laughs> uh, Busey here cuts some hair off of a, a guy getting stoned with his buddy underneath a blanket. And Utah comes out and, and plucks a, a bunch of hair from a guy saying, you got a bug in your ear, bro. I'll get it for you, bro. Hey man, leave some hair. <laughs> <laughs> that scene with life. That scene with Busey, I'm like, they went to like freaking Chernobyl to shoot this. this yeah. Oh, oh, that, 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 uh, like, I'm pretty sure there might be some water outlets that are close to sewage and whatever. One of the many reasons why I don't go into the ocean anymore. It's just, oh, the waste. Yeah. So they find out that the, the hair that they pulled had some matches to uh, Latigo Beach. And Johnny Utah heads out there to try and see if he can find this a group of guys that would kind of match these descriptions. There's some uh, hot shots here that are are pretty good at surfing here. And Johnny gets in a fight with uh, this this gang here. Warchild. Yeah, Warchild is is here. The, he's the leader of the gang, and he goes to a place where uh, Busey can't really see him, and he gets jumped here by by these four guys. And who comes to back him up is uh, is Bodie, kind of kind of coming to to get uh get Utah's back here. I was just gonna say pa- Patrick Swayze is in peak uh, physical appearance right here. He looks great in this scene. He does. Um, you know, of course, you know that Anthony Kiedis was one of the you know from the Red Hot Chili Peppers was one of those gang members. We see him later uh, when something a uh, foul goes afoot. Ha ha. The thing that I thought was interesting was when after the the fight breaks up, 
Patrick Swayze says, he goes, who were those guys? He goes, they're a bunch of Nazis. And then he says, his name is Lupton Pittman. And I don't know. I mean, it's almost like he said, oh, that's Danny Abramowitz, the Nazi. And I'm like, Lupton Pittman, it just sounds like somebody whose dad was an either attorney or a doctor. So that's as far as I want to get with that. It just seems like they could have picked a name that was sounded a little bit, a little bit more menacing than Lupton Pittman. In modern times, Mayor, though, it tracks. Okay. Lupton Pittman, he would have been at there in the Capitol January 6th. He's getting the subpoena right now. Yeah. Uh, Pappas runs down the stairs here as Utah and Bodie are heading back up. Oh! Hold it. Okay. You two guys see the kid run through here with a car stereo? He stole it from me. No, but uh, there's four guys back there you might want to check out. Oh, thanks, buddy. Hope you find him. Don't worry, I will. <laughs> you like to start shit, don't you? They uh, they start to track the uh, the gang here uh, to their their hideout, and they get a a warrant here, and they're sitting outside the house waiting to uh, waiting to do a raid. And now we go to a house party at Bodie's, and that's where we see Johnny Utah, um, kind of in his element here. Uh, spitting all all of the game here to uh, to Tyler, and then they that's when they go. They uh, he finally gets. This, I feel like this is a point in the movie where he gets like really initiated into this group. It's because they take him night surfing, and he apparently succeeds. He feels the wave. He takes Brody's advice and feels the way that the waves move, and um, Johnny succeeds. So my question for you guys is. When Bodie tells um, Johnny, does like, what's mine is yours. That's shade at Tyler, right? Because he's just For like, sure. you know, he's trying to like, he's trying to slut shame her, right? And then he's trying to also like let him know, like, hey, you're stepping, you're 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 performing after Sinatra. Good luck trying to compete with him. Because look at me, that was. So I, I had a series of little rapid fire questions here, but in one of them that I was going to ask, have you ever had a relationship with someone after they've dated one of your friends? No, and no, I, no, that's what I'm So again, that's, it just seems kind of weird to me. And especially when you're, you know, in this case, his friend is like, Hey, yeah, you know, I've, I've traveled that road. Go ahead, have fun or good luck with that. One of my fraternity brothers actually married an ex of one of our other fraternity brothers. Okay. So there's that. There that is. All right. And then the other one is, you know, they have the scene where they end up on the beach and they, you know, he wakes up and he's late and I'm sorry, I'm advancing a little bit there beat, but it always is weird to be on TV and movies where they wake up in the morning and they start kissing each other. I'm like, no, no, that's not happening. That's that, that didn't happen. That, that, that has never happened in my house and it never will. I mean, I'm sorry. There's going to be some scope. There's going to be some teeth brushing. There's going to be there's going to be some prep work done for, before we're doing any of that kind of stuff. My favorite part of that scene is just thinking about it, like as nor we would wait to like, oh, what time is it? You pull out your phone and see what time it is. But him, you got to pull out your watch <laughs> and see what time it is because it's like, oh, wait, I'm late. Like here, what what time is it? Oh, I hope my watch is wound. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unless I think- you got a Casio. Yeah. I think that scene was supposed to like either intensify or solidify the a love triangle between them, 
but uh, I guess Keanu didn't really sell it too much. So it's kind of like, hmm. And it also kind of hints towards the imposter syndrome within Johnny of trying to be like Bodie, right? Yeah. But more and more, I just took it as like, damn, he's really just like, you know, slut shaming Tyler there. Well, and I know, th- I mean, this movie was bad enough that it shouldn't have been ever remade again, but it was. I, I did it a couple points, and Lou just pointed out one of them is how different this movie would be made. I don't know if the remake did have cell phones in it, but this movie would have been very different with cell phones and better forms of communication, which obviously yeah. didn't exist in 91. I mean, there's a couple of references to, uh, well, he said, uh, B- Busey says, go home, and if I hear from them, I'll beep you. Yep. Sorry, beep. No offense, beep. but uh, they were when they were at the stake at the beach. They were using walkie talkies. The FBI <laughs> walkie talkies, and not just like a walkie talkie, like a, a freaking CB radio from Nam in 1971 with a six foot long like um, extendable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's sitting there cranking out the antenna for seven seventeen minutes. Yeah, we forget the word antenna because we don't use antennas anymore. <laughs> So after the night surfing here, uh, as as we just alluded to here, uh, Johnny Utah and Tyler are waking up on the beach after a uh, a romp in the sand. Which the, okay, sex on the beach in theory, overrated, great great idea. In practice, however, awful, awful. And I, I've got I've got a story offline about uh, sex on the beach in Myrtle Beach where. Uh, all right. Well, hell, we'll, we'll just go for it now. Uh, when I was hell back, yeah. in, when I was back get, in the Navy, get Mrs. Beep in here. Let's hear that. No, 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 no. When I was back in the Navy, I met a young lady in Myrtle Beach, and we had a night on the beach. And she ended up sealing my uh, my trunks, and I walked home bare ass naked back to the rental house where, uh, yeah, at two o'clock nice. in the morning. So, yeah, moving on. I'm just, I, I'm just gonna beep that whole thing out. That's just a regular evening in Myrtle Beach. Yeah. Any day that any day that ends in Y, that probably happens. Nobody even gave you a second look. Fair enough. Unless it was worthy of a second look, beep. I don't know. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> so he's uh, he's looking at his watch. I'm late. I'm late. So he uh, jumps in his car and just speeding down the alley, uh, gets to the house where they're about to raid the uh, the Nazi surfers, and. He says, I'm here. You're, you're a little late. And they're about to jump in here to the raid. He says, you know what? You're not going to go in. You're just going to be back up. I want you to stay outside. I don't want your cover to be blown. Which, if your cover's about to be blown, why the hell are you going to this raid anyway? I just, I, I don't get it. Yeah, the, this whole thing, like, one, like, there's, two, like, two people, basically, <laughs> his backup. There's, like, no one here. There's, like, it just seemed like there was, they were like, oh, whatever. We'll just kind of casually raid these people that might have weapons, might be drug deals and bank robbers. Just, you know, we'll send, you know, we don't even really know if Pappas is armed, just randomly in the front door, knocking on, asking for his dog. Yeah, he's he's trying to uh, gain no an mess. entry to the house here. He's looking for, for his little lost puppy. And yeah, there's only two people here to back up this uh this raid on this house. He gets in the guys that are inside the house, the Nazi surfers, they see the FBI agents outside and they, they get some guns and then they just start, they just start blasting girl that answers the door. She gets taken out here right away. Um, just 
round after round. I mean, th- no one here really knows how to shoot. Even even hundred percent uh, Johnny Utah here. He's not having a good time trying to fire his weapon. We <laughs> we get a, a nice shot through the foot here around around a door, which that that's gotta hurt. Yeah. Well, jo- Johnny also gets just destroyed by the naked lady out of that comes out of the shower and just she beat throws, the hell out of him. Just threw him up against the wall, kicked him, and then she stabs uh, someone else to stab someone, and so she was just she was going to town on him. So there's my next rapid fire question. Thank you, Lou. Getting beat up by a naked woman. Turn on or turn off? Hmm. I'm married, so. <laughs> <laughs> Let me check it's, that the door's it, it closed. Can be le- it can be left rhetorical, but I'm going, if I find hmm. myself in a situation, it's like on one hand, there's this, I mean, there's a, there's a naked woman. And she but, was attractive. But she's, but she's pummeling me. But the, I guess the question is, is it, does it, what does it lead to? If it just leads to me being more kicked, my ass getting kicked more, it probably is not going to be a turn on. But uh, maybe if it turns another way, maybe. Moving on. So after the raid, it turns out that a DEA agent has been infiltrated here with his gang undercover for like three months. And it's played by uh, uh, Sizemore here, um, Tom Sizemore, just. He- completely acting his ass on here. This is, I think the first time that we see Tom Sizemore in his full on Tom Sizemore role. Yeah. He's also, he was uncredited in this movie. Yeah. Do you think I like this hair? (laughs) (laughs) Do you think I like wearing this clothes? My wife wants me to sleep at the Ramada. (laughs) There's just like so much bad, you know, police work, whatever, because they didn't secure the perimeter, right? They didn't. They didn't go tell the the neighbor, the next door neighbor, like, get the hell out, stop mowing your lawn. You you can do that some other day. We have stuff going down. They didn't communicate with the other agent to let him know we're gonna interfere with your case. Um, also, don't be there so that because he was one of the dudes in there. They could have shot one of their own, and you know that looks always pretty bad. Uh, when it's when they do in these operations so it's like so so bad so yes. like like who's running well, this outfit well and let's go back to the guy that was cutting his lawn he is the he is the 1991 version of the person who videotapes with their or who who records on their phone somebody getting mugged on the street he's got a federal agent who's getting ready to get their face chopped off by his lawnmower and he's standing back on the other side of the of the yard, just kind of going, "Huh? Well, let's let's see how this plays out." I mean, offered <laughs> offered zero help at all, and I don't know that he ever uttered a line. Is what I was I look for things like that because you, you get paid if you you got to be a member of the Screen Actors Guild to to say words in a, and I don't know if uh, they wanted to pay the the SAG rate for him to actually say or do anything that uh, that would have cost them a little bit more money. Maybe it's just like, you know, the crime element of the neighborhood. He he might be kind of used to these types of tussles every now and then. But maybe it would have been like, guys, not on lawn mowing day. Hmm. <laughs> so now we're waking up here in the morning and Tyler and Johnny are in bed. There's a ring at the uh, at the doorbell here and it's Bodie. He's uh, getting Johnny to come out surfing. So they all head out to uh, to jump in the water. Oh. We get another slow mo uh, surfing montage here, 
and we see a full on crack. We see some full on butthole. Johnny knows. Johnny knows it is his group that is the uh, the ex presidents. He, I recognize oh. that butthole anywhere. Did, did you also know <laughs> on this scene? Did you notice that his surfboard that got broke during the fight was magically not broken? So either he went back and bought the same exact surfboard. Or they just didn't realize that his surfboard was broken when they filmed this scene. This this scene when they're walking on the pier, he's holding that same '57 Chevy looking surfboard. <laughs> you always got to have a backup. I did not notice that, but what I did notice is when the when again when the guy pulls down his pants and and shows his his ass to everybody. One guy, one reaction was the one I would have had, which is like he's holding up his hands, going, "No, man, get that out of here." But there's another guy that audibly goes, "Yeah!" And I'm that was like, "Bodie." Yeah. So I was like, "You're going to be real excited to have another guy doing that to you." It just seemed a little bit bizarre to me. That's not what guys do when they go surfing. <laughs> that, that's how you become surfers. <laughs> so that's where that came from. Wow. All right. Nice, nicely done. I, wait, what, I'm proud of you. When was the when did the butthole surfers come out? Because I think it'd be really funny if somehow it turns out that the butthole surfers got their names because of watching Point Break. <laughs> I'm on it. They watched something. <laughs> Hopefully, it was this. So he's uh, watching Bodie's group surf, and Johnny Johnny knows that they're uh, the ex presidents here. Um, and he tells Bodie, and his suspicions are are basically confirmed here. Uh, when he sees uh, Bodie and Roach, they're uh, they're starting to case a bank. But the reference of the entire movie—did anybody else catch it? I'm going to have you go back and listen when he's going through. Jeanette's got it. Jeanette, I'm going to throw it to you. Go ahead. Lunch at Patrick's Roadhouse. Yes, Roadhouse. He, he said that he tailed him. He went to Tower Records. He went somewhere else, and then he he stopped for lunch at Patrick's Roadhouse. And that was Patrick Swayze's previous film to this one, which was Roadhouse. Yep, so it was, a t- it was a little tip of the cap to his co-star. They're tailing Bodie here. Uh, they they head out to a bank and they're sitting there getting some uh, some lunch. And there's there's a nice uh, nice sandwich shop here around the corner. Best meatball sub in the world. You know what? I could eat the ass out of a horse. Give me two, Utah. Give me two, two, Utah, two, two. <laughs> I forgot how me. many times he. Can we get specific? I could eat the ass end of a rhino. Oh, an ass end of a rhino. Excuse me. That's okay. Continue. Right around that corner, there is a sandwich shop. They sell meatball sandwiches. Best I've ever tasted. Would you go get me two? Come on, partner. Two. Thank you. Utah, get me two. So he goes out what? and he gets the sandwiches. Go ahead, Lou. I was going to say, with uh, going with Jeanette's point about how bad these FBI agents are, he's casing this place with reading a newspaper, reading about Calvin Hodge, and doesn't even see the car that pulls up with with the ex-presidents in. So he's on this stakeout, and he's not paying attention whatsoever. We have enough oranges, man. We're good. <laughs> I was like, "Ooh, shit, my people! No, not like this." <laughs> so they're sitting here in the car, they're eating the sandwiches, and we now see the ex-presidents uh, 
running out of the bank and they got weapons drawn. Johnny Utah is is chasing after him, starts to fire his weapon, uh, blows out the back window here, and we are in a high-speed chase. We've got pit maneuvers uh, going on here. Busey is driving the hell out of this car. Uh, we got some drifting around corners. Uh, we have cars going over uh, stop spikes, driving through parking garages, and now we are on foot, and Johnny Utah is running his ass off. Chasing one of the uh, one of the presidents here, we got Ronald Reagan uh, jumping over something, a wall, jumping through houses, running through glass windows. Not not a scratch on him. And, throwing throwing pit bulls at Johnny Utah. Yeah, throw, throwing Which, a dog. So that starts off being the pit bull, and I think by the time it gets to Keanu, it's like a it's a toy poodle. It was like super small. So obviously Peter got involved. There was somebody on on set and was like, Mm-mm, "Just throw like a little stuffed cat or something." I do have a trivia note about that later oh, on. The continuity, just like the surfboard. <laughs> also, that that when they're doing the chase, um, that that's like a mall. That's a real mall here in Los Angeles. It's in Culver City. It's the Fox Hills Mall. So I recognized it because it's right next to the freeway. I recognize the Macy's, the brick exterior. And that mall was also featured the inside in the uh, last scene of Superbad when they're buying the sheets and stuff. That's inside of that mall. So salute Fox Hills. How about that? Fox Hills Mall. So now the foot chase here is is down a hill and into a drainage ditch. Uh, Johnny Utah has re-injured his knee and he starts to just fire his weapon. And he's got Ron Reagan sitting here dead in his sights and he cannot take the shot because he knows that's one of his guys. So he sits up, sits back and just fires the entire rest of his clip here in the sky, yelling top of his lungs, just completely ass on. Also too, though, it's like technically like, are you supposed to shoot like a, I don't think technically you're supposed to shoot an unarmed person in the back while they're climbing fences. Right. Well, would have been right in the face. He he looked at him dead in his eyes. <laughs> with a shot in the head. Yeah, that's why you shoot him in the back, and then you when you get them, then you shoot him in the front and go. Well, you know he's yeah. Uh, a couple of notes from this. First of all, yeah, he's halfway down the block when this car takes off out of the bank, and he starts just firing his weapon into a crowded city street. Don't know that's part of FBI training. The other part that was so fake was when they go to when uh, they go to torch the car when Bodie does, he takes a cigarette lighter, or he takes a, a a lighter to a gas pump, and and he's able to use it kind of to torch the car. And I'm like, yeah, that's probably not how that would have worked out. So if you if you happen to see that and decide you're going to try that one day, I would say not. Uh, it did get me thinking that long chase uh, between Reagan and Utah. Got me digging. Uh, in 1980, Ronald Reagan got 73% of the vote versus Carter in uh, in the state of Utah. And then in 1984, uh, Reagan got 74.5% of the vote in Utah against uh, Walter Mondale. And that's been your political update here from uh, Mayor Matt Santini. Yeah. Appreciate that. Well, uh, you know, the, the matchup of Reagan and Utah, I didn't know how it went. <laughs> you know, I, I am so glad that you're on this episode. I'm 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 thrilled. You're also, I think you're the only person alive for that. (laughs) (laughs) I I was alive. I just was was fucking three years old. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I was there for 
I was I was twelve in nineteen eighty. So, all right. Oh, I thought you said seventy four. Never mind. I don't know why no. I was thinking seven. I was I here. Seventy. I was born in sixty eight, Lou. So that's okay. Sorry. Almost nice. So we are now at a campfire, <laughs> and it is it's it's now revealed. It's it's known. It's public knowledge that Bodie and his gang are the ex presidents, uh, and their their motivation. It, it's not for profit. It's about rebelling against the system, man, and and taking down the man. Uh, man. And, yeah, and knowing uh, Johnny's true identity, most of the gang they want out. Uh, they they want out of the whole thing. Um, and Bodie basically he says no. We're we're, we're not we're not stopping now. Uh, and the next morning, uh, Bodie aggressively recruits Johnny into into going into going skydiving with him. Um, and Johnny's he's he's without proof. He doesn't know for a fact that it's his gang, but he's he's ninety nine point nine 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 percent sure. That is Bodie's gang that's uh, that's running all these bank robberies. So he he jumps in, and this the scene here before they actually go into the bank rob or the uh, the skydive. Tyler finds out that uh, Johnny Utah is uh, basically a liar, big old fat liar. She sits here, fires a gun at his head. And says, I found your FBI badge. You're lying. Are you lying about the whole thing? Are your parents really dead? And uh, yeah, I, I was I was scared for Johnny here at this point. I was too. Kind of remind me. I watched Goodfellas a couple times last weekend. And, you know, when Ray Liotta wakes up and he's got you know his wife with a gun Karen. right in his face. So it's, um, you know, and then you think of Samuel L. Jackson in Pulp Fiction where he says, you know, this may, you know, maybe a shock to you, but you're not the first person to point a gun in my face today. I, I just don't know that I would. I mean, waking up to a gunshot Rick, going right through your pillow, I don't know that that's a a recipe for being calm and cool for the rest of a conversation. No, not at all. The There was a lot of, um, I guess, maybe you're supposed to have sympathy, how he falls asleep with the phone, waiting for it to ring. Like, babe, please call me. Like, I'm really sorry. This is the fifth voicemail I've left you. Please. I'm sorry I lied about, you know, going undercover. And then when the doorbell rings, how he's like... <laughs> And it wasn't the phone. <laughs> well, and again, getting back to the, the Utah knee situation where, you know, he could barely get out of bed to get her, you know, to go after her and he's lying on the ground, writhing in pain. And then when the doorbell rings, he's able to get up and yeah, he's got a little bit of a limp, but again, there's this great disparity between how injured this knee really is. Um, yeah. Good, good point. Well, Cause it's, it's only a couple of hours later. And also he fell in such a way if he had we could have almost had like full frontal from Keanu because I think he was kind of I think he was naked so I'm like woof good thing the sheets stopped where they did otherwise we would have seen much the other longboard hell yeah so now they're actually up in the plane and they're playing uh Russian roulette here with with hot potato with the uh with the parachute bag because he he knows that they've they probably packed the bag incorrectly that the chute's not going to open, and they all jump out of the plane. And I gotta say, these skydiving uh, shots here are are awesome. I I just love this whole scene. Well, let, let me give you something else. Both uh, Keanu and Patrick Swayze were the ones that jumped out of those planes. Yeah, there were obviously other aero, aero, aerial acrobats and stuntmen that did this, but Swayze was always big on doing his own stuff, and he actually. Uh, both the surfing and the the skydiving, he did. Of course, they had to have some for the more tricky things. But uh, Swayze actually broke four ribs during the, the filming of this uh, while he was surfing. But he jumped. Uh, he did fifty five jumps 
uh, in the making of this film. So there, while there were some stunt doubles, uh, most of that was actually Swayze and Reeves. That goes to show you what kind of athlete Johnny Utah is. He can jump out of a plane, too. Guess so. The other thing was that two of the other cast members, I guess part of the crew, they were actually professional surfers who also happened to be actors on the side. Yes, that was, I actually had a note about that. I think that was Roach and Gromit. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So they're jumping out of the plane here. They're having a conversation mid-flight. There, there is absolutely no way that you can have a legitimate, intelligible conversation falling out of an airplane here. Just there, there's, there's no way possible. Um, they, they land in the water and they start having this, this kind of heart to heart, uh, as they're walking and he says, Johnny, come over here. I'm going to show you something. It's uh, it's an insurance policy. So he takes him back, uh, to this, uh, to this, uh, rape van, this, <laughs> this conversion van from 1988. And there is a security camera footage here of Tyler, uh, kidnapped and, uh, being held hostage here. Uh, by Rosie, one of the uh, the thugs from the Bodie gang, the the non-surfer thug played by uh, Lee Lee Turgenson. Uh, you'll know him from Oz. He says, "You know what? Now, now I've uh, now I've got you in a corner. Um, we're we're going to go ahead and do whatever we want, and you're going to let me because if you don't, I'm going to you know just tell him to kill kill Tyler." I see y'all just glossed right over the fact that little apparatus that he was able to view that that six inch TV screen, which at the time was cutting edge of technology. I mean, that was a, that was basically a battery operated television screen. I mean, I, re- I remember we, my dad had one of those things that would, you carry it almost like a suitcase and you would lay it flat and then you'd hit a button and the screen would pop out. Oh my gosh. You just thought you were living in the Jetsons era. No, uh, we had one of those mayor, but it was the TV. So it was like a three inch monitor and it had a radio and it's the one that looked like a radio. And you could either battery powered or electric. And that was what we would go somewhere. We would take it like when we go to the beach and, you know, whatever. That was our little portable entertainment unit. And now that's been replaced by tablets. And that had a big ass antenna because you were getting that television signal off the air. Yes. (laughs) So now they're back in the van and they are heading off to go rob another bank. And they're basically forcing Johnny here to come with them uh, as that insurance policy to make sure that, that he does what they want. So Tyler can live and they run into the bank. The four guys from Bodie's gang, they're still dressed as the ex presidents. Unfortunately, there's no mask for, for Johnny. So he's going in smiling at the security cameras. And this is where Bodie kind of goes against his, his own uh, mantra and he chooses violence. We end up actually having some shots fired. Um, we have an off duty police officer that uh, tries to be, you know, Billy big balls and try to take down the bank robbers. And he gets, uh, he gets shot and killed. Um, they also go against their other uh, plans and end up going into the vault, which this is the first time they've actually gone into the vault. And uh, yeah. So now, now we get some, uh, some murders. Uh, along with your your bank robbery, one of the ex presidents, I forget the young the young blonde hair looking guy, he dies in Bodie's arms. The other three make it out <clears throat> to their airfield. Yeah. So when in that scene, I was just like, "Is this just arrogance by the cop not to listen to the bank security guard when he's like, "Don't do it, don't, don't." You know, these guys are nuts. 
So I'm like, does that, that's just professional arrogance because he really thinks he can take down all five dudes. For sure. I think that was more of a trained police officer uh, who didn't listen to a guy who was a security guard at a bank that was, he didn't want any of that smoke. He was just like, no, 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 I'm going to lay here. I'm going to get my, you know, $8 an yeah. hour and we're going to come back to work tomorrow. <laughs> one yeah. more. I have one more day till retirement chief. I'm not, I'm not setting up for this. <laughs> so after the bank robbery, we're now still in the bank. Uh, the FBI is in here. LAPD is in here. They're investigating the scene. Johnny Utah is in cuffs. And Busey is going to take him in here. Pap is going to take him in. And they are not going to take him in. Uh, Busey says, uh, bleep you to special agent Dr. Cox and knocks him out. One punch. And now they're driving in the car. Pappas takes the uh, the handcuffs off of Utah and they start heading for the airfield because Johnny Utah overheard where the uh, the pilot was going to take the uh, the ex-presidents after this last uh, this last robbery. And they try to head him off at the pass. We have another firefight here and we get does Pappas uh, does Pappas die here? I can't I can't yeah. I honestly I like it just I yeah. couldn't tell like maybe he was I was I was even after I like the, I was still expecting him to show up later on but it was just like well that, he's dead I think oh, no, two shotgun yeah. blast to the back probably gets probably gets you yeah he he uh, he gets shot in the back twice here he does end up taking out one of the other guys we get into the plane and Bodie is forcing Johnny Utah here into the plane at gunpoint you're coming with me. They take off, and it re- it's uh, re- uh, revealed here that they only have uh, two parachutes. Johnny Utah does not have a parachute. So he's sitting here. He's going to take the blame for this last bank robbery. And we get uh, we get Bodie jumping out of the plane again here. And now we get kind of a, uh, a psychotic moment here from Johnny Utah. He decides that he's going to catch up to Bodie by jumping out of the plane here without a parachute. He starts to beat the hell out of the plane, jumps out of the plane, no parachute. He grabs his hand cannon that, that belonged to Bodie and he, he goes full on Superman here. This, this is absolutely wild. Well, a couple things, you know, the fact that there were only two parachutes at the plane, did he plan on the other two members of his crew getting killed? I mean, they're, if they were planning on leaving in the plane, it's either yeah. that when they when they rushed the when the, everything they left the other their like okay. the, their gear. That's the only thing I would think of why there was only two parachutes. Well, they were they were trying to they were trying to pack when when Johnny and Pappas showed up. So probably the first two guys had all their gear in, and then the one guy that was killed on the airport. I think he was in the process of loading something. And that's why, that's why it was cut off. So maybe they were just like, okay, we only have to pack three now. And the other guy was trying to like finish up his stuff and he gets shot and he can't, but he's to me, it was like, Oh, he's putting the shoot on the guy that's, you know, minutes from death. He's like bled out. He has no blood left, but he attached the money to him. So it was like that, like that's so cold hearted. And this was, and this was like their brother and not a materialistic dude. So I was like, that's super cold. So of course my next note was the fact Roach was the character's name. You know, he, like you said, he's about dead. Anyway, they strap the money to him, throw him out of the plane and he's got the parachute. 
Well, the next scene, he's on the ground dead, but his parachute was open. Now his chute didn't open before Bodie's did, because remember they were going, you know, how quick all this was going to happen. So at some point Roach died between the three seconds that he pulled the rip cord. And when he hit the ground or maybe the, the impact of the ground killed him, but it was just weird that he was pretty much dead, but somehow his parachute was open when he was on the ground dead. I, th- I found that odd from a consistency perspective. Yeah. There, there's a lot of these little continuity errors throughout, throughout this entire thing. Um, Johnny ends up catching up to Bodie in midair. He's got the gun pointed at his head, and he says, you know, if you don't drop the gun and pull the chute, we're both going to die, man. You better drop it. You only have three seconds to do it. He says, ah, oh, fuck it. Drops the gun, pulls the parachute, and they, they crash land here uh, in the uh, the desert here in Mexico. Johnny messes up his knee again. Bodie ends up getting away. They are picked up by a Jeep, and it's got Rosie and Tyler in it. Tyler runs back over to Johnny. They reunite here in the middle of the desert, and um, Bodie and Rosie ended up leaving with the money. Okay. So now, and when she gets out of the Jeep, they've driven her. She's a kidnapped woman who's being driven in an open-air Jeep, and she's dressed basically in her underwear. Nothing would have drawn suspicion there while they're driving down the streets with that going on. And she gets left barefoot with in, in her, in a nightgown or in, in night gear with a guy who can't walk because his knee is shredded. They're in the middle of the desert late in the day. How the hell did they get out of there? Because again, there's no cell phones. There's no Uber. There's no, not there's, there's such a hole. There's like, how the hell did these people find their way back to civilization? No. Cause what happened? Remember they went to 4,000 feet and then like, no man, they'll be able to track us. So when they went that high, they tracked them. The FBI tracked them, their plane, and that's where they figured out where they went. were heading. There, there's that, your that closed the plug pole. That is a bullshit answer, but it's a pretty good one. <laughs> I just thought maybe they took um, uh, Roach's uh, parachute and they tried to, like, signal overhead. Like, someone will fly over. You know how, like, when I tell you if you get lost in the mountain, if, to carry a CD and use the shiny part to, like, signal for help? Yeah, there you go. I'm I'm with it. That works for me. Yeah, in the meantime, they went to the nearest cactus. They cut it open. They drank the water. They went under the shade of that rock formation to not uh, wither under the sun. Well, you know, John, Johnny Utah definitely was an Eagle Scout, so he was prepared for this. Always prepared. So now we fast forward. We are nine months later, and a, a long-haired Johnny Utah still surfing. Tracks down Bodie to uh, to Bell's Beach in uh, Victoria, Australia. Shout out Morgan from Australia. And uh, this is a a 50-year storm that Bodie was talking about earlier in the movie, um, calling it, the like I said, the 50-year storm. He actually catches up with Bodie on the beach during this torrential downpour. They start going at it. They're they're fighting their asses off. And during the, during the brawl, uh, Utah manages to handcuff himself to Bodie and uh, Bodie's like, man, you, you got to let me go. This is a once in a lifetime wave. And now we get the Australian cops, I guess their form of FBI coming out here to apprehend Bodie. And Johnny lets him go. He says that he's not coming back alive, bids him farewell. Uh, we get that famous line here from Bodie, uh, via con Dios. And uh, Johnny Utah walks away, throws his FBI badge in the uh, in the ocean, and uh, roll credits. So save taxpayer money with the cost of a trial and incarceration, I guess, would be the 
the way that you would look at that or gave him an opportunity to live out his lifelong dream to or let him go out the way that he wanted to? Pretty much. Also, I don't think a law enforcement agency under those extreme weather conditions would fly a helicopter <laughs> in a 50 year storm. Yes. That, that's that would, a little too, too dangerous. All the, they could have all the foot patrols and, you know, lock down the well, beach, but they wouldn't have a helicopter out there. I'm still surprised that Johnny was still on the force. Cause like, let's say your, exactly. your part, your, 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 you've been on the job for, what three months we're gonna say uh you got your partner killed you had an undercover you ruined an undercover da sting uh you helped uh another officer got caught so basically and then like three or four bad guys all died through that and like somehow still kept your job and and every time that he had a lead to catch him the guy he's chasing keeps on getting away from him and they're yeah. still giving him the research resources to go from Mexico to Malaysia and now Australia. Yeah. And, and equally bad acting by Keanu in that, in that closing scene as there was earlier at the, at the uh, dropped car. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, also, and I don't know, isn't, I thought FBI really only worked inside of United States. Correct. I didn't really think that they had jurisdiction over the world. The FBI does not have jurisdiction outside the continental United States. <laughs> that you know of. Allegedly. That we know of. All right, we're going to get into some trivia here. Tyler explains to John Utah that Patrick Swayze's character is named Bodhi, uh, the Bodhisattva. Bodhisattva is a term in the Buddhist religion meaning an enlightened being who, out of compassion, forgoes nirvana in order to save others. Bodhi means wakefulness. This was Catherine Bigelow's highest grossing film until Zero Dark Thirty in 2012. Uh, two months after, or two months before filming, Keanu Reeves, Patrick Swayze, and Laurie Petty trained with former world-class professional surfer Dennis Jarvis on uh, Kauai, Hawaii. Jarvis remember, remembers Patrick said he'd been on a board a couple of times. Keanu definitely had not surfed before, and Laurie had never been in the ocean in her life. Uh, as Mayor alluded to earlier, Patrick Swayze cracked four ribs while filming some of these uh, surfing scenes. Um, again, the beat spot where that football game was is. The same beat spot used in the uh, Karate Kid for the soccer game in 1984. Bojess uh, Christopher, who played Gromit, and Joe John Philbin, who played Nathaniel, were actually pro surfers who acted on the side. Again, Mayor kind of ruining all the uh, all the trivia here. <laughs> I was, um, obviously, it wasn't trivial; it was just actually knowledge and research. So, I apologize for that. Fair enough. Uh, Patrick Swayze originally auditioned for the part of Johnny Utah before eventually landing the role of Bodie. Uh, Matthew Broderick was originally offered the role of Johnny Utah. How awful would this movie have been if it was Matthew Broderick as Johnny Utah? That'd have been some great fourth wall stuff. Just kind of like turn to the camera. And... <laughs> you know, it's never well, easy I... catching a bank robber. <laughs> well, was uh, Johnny Depp? I also read Johnny Depp with the other person yep. that was in. Yep. So Seriously. others who auditioned were Johnny Depp, Charlie Sheen, Willem Dafoe, and Val Kilmer. Willem? I could see Val Kilmer doing this one. Yeah. I could see Johnny Depp too. A younger yeah, younger Johnny Depp before he was more avant-garde. I can't w- like Willem Dafoe would have matched the intensity of everybody which was not needed in this film or maybe it was, but I just I 
I can't see him on a surfboard, but I also I really want to see him on a surfboard. Now. I could I could almost see Willem Dafoe playing the Bodie character, ooh, and Patrick Swayze playing the Utah character. That might have that might have worked because again, Willem Dafoe's a he's an odd cat. He, he also brings that, he bring, but he brings that kind of again when you talk about that Zen that Buddhist type of thing. I I could see him kind of channeling that rather easily. Yeah. Also, he's one of those people that's always, that's looked old despite being young. So that would have sold. So if it was a thing where like, well, he would have been 30, but Swayze would have been 36. It would have, it would have worked in, in how mayor's um, teeing it up. So this film's scriptures, very many similarities with the fast and the furious, a young police officer sent undercover to identify a criminal gang carrying out holdups. He has to infiltrate the role of extreme sports. He integrates himself into a group who ultimately turns out to be criminals falling for one of the associates along the way and ultimately ends up letting the gang leader escape. So this is, yeah, Fast and Furious completely ripped off point break uh, from basically beginning to end. Nine times going on 10. <laughs> Call Buff family. But I go ahead, Jeanette. In all of these iterations of Fast and Furious, we still have yet to see a butthole. Unless you count uh, Vin Diesel. <laughs> Thank the members, you. The members or, or, of the, or the rock, depending on whose side you're on, depending on, on what side yeah, of the family to, to you're on. To be fair, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, the members of the ex presidents are killed in chronological order of when their respective presidents served in office. How about that? Uh, and then lastly here, um, Bodie who wears the Ronald Reagan mask is the only member of the ex presidents that isn't shot in real life. Ronald Reagan was shot during an attempted assassination on March 30th, 1981. Whoa. All right, nice. We're going to get into our reviews here. Uh, and the way that the rating system goes is, yeah, I'm absolutely in. This is one of my favorites. I'm definitely going to watch this again. Meh, once is probably enough. I might watch it again if it's on TV. And then, feh, get out of here. Never going to watch this again. Awful, trash, whatever you want to call it. Um, Mayor, since this is your first uh, first voyage here with us on cinema, I'm actually going to go to you. What do you got? Well, thank you. My last little tidbit. I did find it odd that uh, they did care enough about Anthony Kiedis to put him in the movie, but they did not include any Red Hot Chili Peppers music in the soundtrack. I'm not a big fan of Red Hot Chili Peppers, so it didn't really upset me that much. Uh, I would like to call this blah, but since it is my first time, I can't start adding terminology. I'm going fa. It's wow. uh, it's like it's like eating at crystals. You know, you only get crystals or white. You know. You only get crystals when your mind forgets what it did to your body the last time you ate it. I watched this movie a long time ago, couldn't stand it, forced it so I could to watch it again so I could be with you guys tonight. Didn't like it a bit. Feh. Man, that that is shocking. I thought this one was going to be right up your alley, man. All right, Lou, we're going to go to you. What do you got? Um, well, uh, I watch this movie a lot, and every time I watch this movie, I always want to be like, I want to... I want to be a surfer. I want to surf. This movie always makes me want to be like, I should have been a surfer. I get into it. Uh, this is a clear. Yeah. For me, I'll, I'll watch this. If this, I'll watch this whenever it comes on. I rented this movie. I should have bought it. But <laughs> I love, I love, I love this movie. I've, I've seen every iteration from like uncut to like on, you know, your regular, you know, champ USA when it was probably playing on USA at one point, all edited. I love it. I will always watch this movie. All right. Jeanette, what do you got? Man, uh, this was the first time I've seen this movie. 
I've seen clips every now and then, and I know like some of the pop culture stuff that goes into it. So seeing like the detail in it this time, uh, it was crazy uh, just just to see, and just the, the the plot holes in it were just like so large. So for me, it's a it's not a fet, but it is a met because I did enjoy the surfing montages. Uh, that's like uh, it's a sport that I respect and I fear. So whenever I see anything of it, it'll draw me in. But I was not prepared for the amount of violence, like the foot, that when he was shot in the foot. Yeah. I was like, okay. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll give it a second shot. Uh, no, no pun intended. <laughs> if if we know if it, when it comes on the TV again or whatever, but uh, I'm a little bit more open minded on this one, but not like oh my gosh, so so high praise with it. No, sorry guys. So for me, I'm gonna be, I'm I'm torn on this one, man. I I was so excited and 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 hyped up to see this, you know, knowing how much the Dan Lebatard show. Likes this movie with Stu Gotts and Mike Ryan, how much they, they're always talking about this. Utah, give me two. Two. I I really want to say yes yeah, so I can just really kind of feel the the vibe. But it's it's gonna be a meh for me. It it doesn't hold up. I maybe if this one was made now, I it it might it, it might have some some legs, but yeah, it's it's going to be a meh for me. It's amazing because each of the components, like you said, it does have many of the good elements. And sorry, Lou, that we're doing this to you, but the it's got so many different quotable pieces. Again, you can respect the surfing aspect. You know, you think about Keanu. You think about all the people that are in it individually, or people that you know that you like. It just didn't. Like I think Jeanette said it best. All the plot holes. It just. It just didn't tie together. Yeah. A lot of good ingredients, but somehow the cake came out tasting funny. I think that pretty much nails it. Yeah. Well, I want to thank each of you for joining us tonight here on Lauer After Hours Presents Cinema. Uh, we were joined tonight by Lou Rafter in sales, Jeanette out there in Southern California, and the distinguished mayor of Cartersville, Georgia, Matt Santini. Uh, this has been At Beep Counts. We will catch you next time. Vaya con Dios. Thanks for listening to this episode of Lauer After Hours. You can always reach us on Twitter at Lauer After Hours or Instagram at Lauer After Hours. We're available wherever you get podcasts, so don't forget to download, subscribe, review, and rate five stars.